You are listening to Primary Care Perspectives, a podcast where pediatric experts from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia discuss the primary care issues that are on their mind and the hot topics that all pediatricians see affecting their daily practice. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not to be considered as medical advice for any particular patient. Clinicians must rely on their own informed clinical judgment in making recommendations to their patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Lockwood, a primary care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I'm here today with Dr. Beth Rezit, who's the Vice Director of the Pediatrics Residency Program of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Rezit. Thank you for the opportunity. We're going to be talking today about mentoring, and Dr. Rezit has mentored me over the years, but also has a more formal role in the residency program at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The program assigns residents a faculty member at the start of residency who follows them through their training and sometimes even beyond. These mentors serve on the Clinical Competency Committee, which evaluates resident readiness for advancement and promotion. Dr. Beth Rezit chairs the committee and has years of experience providing mentoring leadership and also mentoring residents herself. So Dr. Rezit, my first question for you is, how would you define a mentor and how is it different from a boss or a friend? So this is a question that comes up fairly often, and it's not always that clear. But what I consider the difference is that a boss has kind of the larger institutional vision in mind and may not hold the mentee's agenda or interest as a primary focus. A friend can be a great empath, but may not have the perspective or experience to be a guide. Great. That definitely helps tease that apart of why a mentor might be valuable to people. Why do you think, in particular for residents who have faculty members along the way, maybe fellowship directors, peer support programs, and the residency program leadership to support them, what does a mentor add in addition to those other roles they already have? So peers can be supportive, but they are more like friends. Program leadership really doesn't have the breadth to be as focused on the individual. Having individual mentors assigned to residents really provides that more individual focus. And so I think that um, that's what we try to do in a large residency program like ours. Great. And uh, how big is the residency program and mentor program that you have? So currently we have 146 uh, residents and all of our residents are assigned mentors. Our mentors have anywhere from two to five mentees each over the course of three years. And we try to have our mentor-mentee relationship sustained for the three years of training and for those who are with us longer for the five years of training. Great. And as you mentioned, these mentor-mentee relationships are assigned as part of their training and part of their promotions, but other mentor-mentee relationships happen organically. Is one better than the other, and are there any advantages to each? Yeah, I don't really think one is better than the other. I think that people really are in need of both. Assigned mentors serve to be an advocate and a guide and are aware of the steps along the way in terms of guiding residents in terms of what they need to do uh, professionally. Organic mentors, those who are chosen by the mentees or come about differently, may not be as aware of what kinds of guide, guidance the residents need. 
A chosen mentor is more personal, although there is some fluidity between the two. And so if someone does want to find a mentor, if they haven't been assigned one or they're looking for an additional mentor, how would you advise them to seek out and choose a mentor of their own? So I would ask the mentee or the resident to first write down what they need. It allows them to have some reflection on what they're really looking for in a mentor-mentee relationship. And then, of course, you would want to choose someone who you respect and not necessarily someone who is high up in their field, but someone who you feel a connection to and who you personally respect. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, there's many great mentor-mentee relationships out there, but we've all seen that some of these relationships have failed. In your experience, when you've seen these mentor-mentee relationships fail, what, what sort of things have been their downfall? So most often when there's been a failure, and this does not happen often. It's really about personality, but it's also about expectations. You may have a mentor who has expectations that are very different and then opposite as well. Uh, so communication about what the mutual expectations are is very important. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about how mentor relationships are different than peer relationships, but when choosing a mentor, is it better if there's some generational difference between you or experiential difference in order for the relationship to work? I don't think that the generational difference is as important as experience. If you're looking for a mentor, someone who guides you, you really do want to look with some, for someone who has experience uh, beyond your own. And so a career guide should really be someone who has experience, but often someone closer in age may be more appropriate if you want to talk about issues that uh, you are going through because of your adult status as a um, new faculty member or a resident or perhaps a new parent or um, displaced from your home. So it may be best to have somebody who's close in age mm -hmm. or it may be best to have someone who is more distant. Mm -hmm. And I've been in your mentoring program for a few years now and I've noticed that much of mentoring is about active listening to the resident. So as a mentor, how do you know when to wait before you give advice versus making off-the-cuff recommendations? I think sometimes as mentors we want to just fix things for the resident right in the moment, but when, when should we pull back and, and seek other help or think things through before moving forward? I think you've hit on the biggest challenge for mentors. I would say always wait and then wait a little bit longer. <laughs> I think it's very difficult to be comfortable with that silence and especially since, as you mentioned, uh, doctors are just naturally fixers and want to jump right in. So I think it's a skill that you have to practice and it is difficult to master. Even when we are precepting or attending on the wards, allowing time for thoughtful reflection is a challenge. It's very fast-paced, and so using the time when you're sitting down with someone in a mentor-mentee relationship is very important to allow for that time. You can use provocative phrases like, what do you think, or what if phrases like posing a hypothetical, or you can also say, try this on, just between the two of us, how might this feel? And those may be leading questions that allow for some reflection. That's great advice. 
Um, a good mentor knows their mentees very well, but how well does the mentee need to know the mentor? Does the mentor need to be open and vulnerable to their mentee as well as the vice versa? I think that's a great question, and I come across this question all the time when offering advice to parents. Mm. How open do parents have to be with their children, especially as they're getting older and becoming young adults? And I think it's a personal decision but one needs to decide how much to share and how much to hold back. The mentee is really looking for a role model and also looking for guidance. They're not looking for friends. However, over time, if a relationship develops more into a friendship, then the rules may change. But I would say that it's important for the mentor to know the mentee, but not necessarily the reverse. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great advice. And obviously the relationship, like you said, can change over time, so things may uh, fluctuate as you get to know each other better. I've noticed one of the challenges of being a mentor is providing constructive criticism when needed. And how do you do this without fracturing the mentor relationship? So I think that you always need to set it up. You have to make sure your mentee is ready for feedback. And you want to determine how much insight the mentee has they can actually help you because you can phrase it as uh, preparing the information in a way to discourage any defensiveness. You can say things like, no one wants to be perceived this way, but it seems like you're struggling with this. So what can be done to change that perception as opposed to changing personality? Mm. It has to do with changing perhaps behavior, but it doesn't have to change who they are. Mm -hmm. The other thing that comes up sometimes is mentees may feel that there are so many insurmountable barriers. So I find it helpful to deconstruct some of the obstacles and to really take them apart and deal with it granularly and help them um, to determine what's standing in their way. Great. Uh, David Parnell, a legal consultant, author, and coach, says that inherent in mentoring is the idea that, quote, one should give back at least what they've received. Many mentors enter into these relationships after having been mentored. So how have mentors shaped your career? So um, my mentors have always made me feel that my agenda is paramount, not theirs. Mm -hmm. As you know, because we've known each other for several years, I'm not a big proponent of balance per se as is implied by Mr. Parnell's statement. I think that what we really should be striving for is harmony rather than balance. So as mentors, we can um, give back certainly, but try to help our mentees with the, their best interest at heart. Um, I think that we need to try to grow and learn from each encounter and Mentees should be appreciative of the time that the mentors offer, but the mentors also should take the time to learn from their mentees. So I think that it works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, as a physician, have you ever sought a mentor outside of your field? Someone who maybe has perspective outside of medicine that could still mentor you within your career? Yes, I've used mentors in many different ways. I've certainly used mentors um, in terms of parenting, my own mother is a mentor. I have friends who are in um, psychology and I use them as mentors. I also have friends who know how to relax much better than I do and I use the, those friends to help me with perspective. Mm -hmm. 
And for people in our primary care network who are working in a smaller office, how can they still seek out a mentor um, for their practice when they're working sort of in an isolated setting, maybe from the larger institution? Are there ways that people can search out career mentors in the community or professionally? Yeah, I think, again, going back to as a mentee, you need to know what you're seeking. So if someone approaches me from a practice and said, I would really like to have a career mentor, can you be it? Um, I have said both yes and no, Mm -hmm. but I do require them to be more precise in terms of what they need from me so that I'm able to offer them what I think they need, but they first have to figure out what they need. Great. Yeah, it sounds like anyone seeking a mentor first has to know what they want out of the relationship in order for the relationship to work. Yeah. And there are times sometimes when you may seek a mentor who is just too busy at the moment Mm -hmm. to offer you um, any mentorship. And I wouldn't take that personally, but understand that they want to be there for you and they may not be able to offer you the mentorship that you need at the moment. But push them a little bit and ask them for other ideas. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, maybe not offering to be a mentor when you know you're too busy to maybe give that mentee the most of your time. Yeah, that is a downfall. Um, People really want to reach out to those um, who are coming up behind them, but it does require time. And so um, don't do it if you don't think you have the time. Great. Well, it's great for the residents at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia to have you leading such a committee and offering this mentorship both yourself and through the committee to everybody. So thank you for your time and thanks for offering this to the residents in training, myself having been one of them. Thank you and um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Primary Care Perspectives. You can download and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or visit chop.edu slash podcasts for a listing of all episodes. I look forward to our next chat. Thank you.